Don't talk about red side, sleep when I'm dead. Motherfucker wanna come through tripping. Listen, I'ma rip it, I'ma come through. Welcome everybody to Crazy Ass Show. I'm here with Chris and our special guest. Join the show again. Um, friend of the show, uh, Chris Lepresti. How you doing, man? I'm good, guys. How are you? I'm great. Uh, it's crazy because when I message you again, it's hard to believe it's been over two years since you've been on the show. You were like episode 18 and now we're on like 160. So really appreciate you staying in touch. Uh, you've been really cool uh, wearing our T-shirts and stuff. So just want to throw that out there. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I was actually uh, when I was setting up tonight, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I was trying to remember where I was sitting last time. I think it was uh, sort of in the middle of COVID, if I recall correctly, and things were crazy. But uh, it feels like yesterday. So I guess that's a good thing. I know. And when I look back, I was a lot thinner back then. And it really annoys so me. So was I. So yeah. was I. <laughs> <laughs> it really annoys me. Yeah. Uh, really quick, elephant in the room before we get into some questions about baseball, the playoffs, match, Yankees, Giants, whatever you want to talk about. Aaron Judge's 61st home run. Now, me, I consider myself a baseball purist and historian. Uh, don't take that lightly. Not a historian, but I do love the game. I love the purity of it. Um, personally, even if it was a Met who did it, a Red Sox who did it, I consider 61 the record. Um, that's just me. I've always been like that. Um what about you? Let's just get your your thoughts on it since you know you do sports shows and stuff. Yeah, I think for me personally, that's that's kind of the feel I've had now. I can't say that if it wasn't a Yankee, I would feel that way. I, I probably have a little bit of a bias because it's a Yankee and because it's a homegrown Yankee and a guy who, for all we assume, is doing it clean and doing it the right way, the humble attitude and all that. So, I mean, look, I look at it. I come from it two angles. Um, I, I do think that if he hits the 60, 62nd, that in my eyes, he is the single season home run record. But I would also say, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the likes of Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Roger Clemens, and even to a lesser extent, A-Rod are not in the hall of fame. So that's a whole nother chestnut for another day. But if I could kind of combine them, it's not, you know, I don't look down upon those guys. Um, um, they weren't the only ones that were doing it in that era. I'm sure some of the pitchers they were facing were as well. It's almost just like, I don't know. You just kind of have to acknowledge that things were different at the time. Um, and I think specifically, as you look at what Judge is doing, and you look at how far removed he is from the next closest guy in this particular season, I think that speaks to the enormity of the accomplishment, you know, that he's basically 20 clear 20. I think it's, what is yeah. it? Alonzo has 40. Yeah. Yeah. 21 clear of the next closest guy, which is just, you know, absurd. So I think it's awesome. I love that, you know, Roger Maris jr. Was there and handled it with class and dignity. So I'm eating it all up. I'm going to view it as the single season record, but I also understand the folks that don't see it that way. Aaron judge included, by the way, right. who said he still views bonds as the record holder, especially since he grew up a giants fan. I'm one of those people, by the way, I, cause I, to me, steroids, like you said, everyone was doing it. I'm sure a lot of the pitchers were doing it and everything. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they still have to make contact mm -hmm. with a 90 plus mile an hour fastball an 80 mile an hour changeup or curveball, whatever they're throwing. It's not easy. No. So the fact that he put the bat on the ball 73 times for a home run, that even steroids discounted it, but it's still an amazing accomplishment. Like I'm not going to discount it just because no, I don't I don't discount it and look Bonds was I mean, one of the great players you've ever seen, steroids aside. I mean, everyone, that's the point that everyone makes. Even before steroids, he was a great player. Yeah. So, um, you know, the number is just, it, it, 
I don't know. It got out of hand because what was his next highest season? Like 49 or something mm-hmm. like that? Did he, did yeah, he ever yeah. hit 50? None of the others. So, I mean, again, we can go through the minutiae of the numbers. Um, but, you know, in those years, whether it was 98, 99, even 2001 with Bonds, there were so many guys hitting a ton of them, you know. So for Judge to be this far ahead of the field in an era now where, you know, you're you're perceived clean. Well, that and also, right. the, and, I, and I made this point on SNY last night. I'm not the only one that said it. You know, the amount of different pitchers these guys see in any given yeah, night, yeah. you know, you're not getting three and four at bats against the same starting pitcher. You're seeing all these relief pitchers who are throwing 99, 100 nasty breaking stuff. You know, the game is just managed and played so differently that, um, you know, I think it makes it difficult on the hitters. And I think that's why batting averages are down and why, you know, this season for him is such an almost an outlier compared to what the rest of baseball is doing. I, it's, I, definitely, it's definitely huge. It's definitely yeah. huge. I got to give, uh, uh, well, like you said, the Hall of Fame thing, they should be in the Hall of Fame because if you're going to reward managers like Tori, LaRussa, of the guys who managed them and got in, there's no reason that the players shouldn't be in. Yeah. How I, could you award the managers? It's the managers, Bud Selig. I think it's yeah. just a sour grapes thing on the part of, you know, the voting members of the media. And I, look, I get it. I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a black and uh, like an easy issue to decide yes or no. Like I understand there's some middle ground, some gray area, some minutia, yeah. all that. But anyone who watched those guys <laughs> knows what kind, what type of baseball player they were. And again, compared to their their peers, who a lot of them were, I'm sure, guilty of doing things that technically they weren't supposed to be doing anyway. You know, you mean so you mean, uh, you mean Brady Anderson might have yeah, been yeah, the likes something? of Brady Anderson, right? Exactly <laughs> that one. What did that a 50 home run season he had? Yeah, yeah. I feel like you're gonna catch the guys that are the most glaring. So like, if if True. a guy that's like. He could be doing steroids and hitting like 150, but like he's hitting 150, so you're not going to look at him for steroids. Yeah. Yeah, Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs. Yeah, I mean, that's a clear-cut candidate. To to your point, and I don't want to harp on this, we'll move on, but like, uh, Chris, you mentioned that like you still have to put the bat in the ball, but with steroids, the recovery time for injury, the fatigue might be different. So like guys might break down differently, like to where Judge might be tired. Bonds may have not gotten tired because of what he was taking. I don't know. I'm, I don't know the specifics of it, but whatever. Um, It is what it is. 61 is an accomplishment. Regardless, I personally think 60 is an important number for baseball. I, I just I agree. A clean guy getting there. There's something with seeing that 60 next to a name where he's perceived clean. I really think that's important. And I think baseball was in waiting for that for 61 years yeah yeah and it's cool the whole you know maris 61 in 61 and now it's 61 years later the nine for maris 99 for judge sort of the symmetry of everything makes it pretty cool yeah it is uh really quick um would you uh Cilo, would you sell the ball if you got 62 let's say you're at the stadium friday night what do you do because i have some requests you want to hear my requests first sure Okay, now these aren't that outrageous. At least I don't think so. I'd ask for a place in Monument Park, right? <laughs> like, like yeah. you want your own like stone? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. and I thought you said these weren't outlandish or yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd also want the pinstripe ball renamed after me <laughs> if they denied that, because you'll be around forever, right? And oh, if not, oh. I want a section in Cooperstown of my little league stats in the whole. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So out of the three, do you think they'd grant any of those? No, of course not. No, no, no absolutely not. not. They're humor. They're humorous, though. I'll give you that. Yeah. That's for Oddly sure. enough, I think the Cooperstown thing might be the most like obtainable one. Which is crazy. Yeah. 
I don't even know about that. I don't think any of them are obtainable. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, what would you do with it? Are there any things, anything you, everyone's thought of it. Everyone's had a discussion. Yeah, I don't know that I've come up with a list of requests. I do know I would not be a guy who would, you know, sell it on the open market looking for <laughs> yeah, me a big payday. Um, I'm too, I mean, baseball was my first love pretty much from when I was old enough to stand and walk around and talk. And my parents have the home videos to prove it. So, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up a baseball romantic. Now, you know, there have been times where that uh, relationship has had its ups and downs as most relationships do for a variety of reasons. Um, but I mean, sorry, I got a hair on my keyboard here. I'm a little OCD. Um, there could be worse things on a keyboard. Yeah, dog. that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I, I still, there are a lot of things that, that happen, not just in baseball, but in sporting events that when I watch them, I legitimately get choked up. In fact, on, on WFAN, Boomer Esiason has made fun of me for that uh, multiple times, and that's fine. I don't care. Um, it's just how I'm wired. So, you know, mm -hmm. like watching last night, especially seeing Judge after the game with his mom, you know, that kind of, I just eat that stuff right, up. Right. Yeah, so, it's weird. Yeah. So, so if I was if I was someone that ended up catching the ball, you know, the thought of depriving the player and the organization and his family of that keepsake and that momentum. And I get it, there's jersey, there's cleats, there's the bat, but there's something about the ball that, you know, I I'm sure I would come up with some requests that were reasonable. Uh, and I would definitely make sure they got the ball back, make sure I got something out of it, but I wouldn't go run into, um, you know, yeah. the secondary market or an auction or something. It's just not it's just not how I'm wired. I agree. I have a question that. about it too, because I'm I'm avid listener of the fan. I heard that Evan Roberts and uh, Carton were talking about what they would do, and Carton came up with some outlandish things. Shocker! <laughs> yeah, no, big shocker. <laughs> but uh, Evan said like he'd want season tickets for life, and I was thinking about whether or not that'd be like a reasonable request because mm. in my mind I was like, well, the ball's probably worth around a few million dollars. You'd think, yeah, like. Is that like worth a million dollars? Just lifetime season tickets? No, I'm more. I'm 23 years old, but like I feel like that's not that big of an expense. No, um, especially when you spread it out over that many years. Yeah, you know? exactly. it's not. It's, it's like not like they're paying it out up up front. You yeah. know, I, and I'm sure. Look, I, again, I've never worked in a yeah, in a yeah. in a ticket office for a professional team, but I, I'd imagine if that was sort of the lead request, they'd probably be pretty pleased that that's something they could they could they could offer now maybe it's not you know season tickets in the legend seats first row behind home plate at yankee stadium but yeah, some yeah. you know something that i don't know it could be negotiated like bleacher seats, like bleacher seats but, but that's, no that's i think you do better than bleacher yeah seats. but i think that's a yeah, stupid but, yeah. request because how many games you really gonna go to well I in, 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 in it, for free yeah, yeah. And, and in Evan's case, yeah, it goes to a million games That's anyway. True. So yeah. <laughs> you, have to, Evan, you have to Evan, consider the individual. Evan should ask for free pencils for his scorebook for like right. That's what he should ask for. Exactly. But like, I would do Yankees playoffs tickets for life. Like, yeah. I would go that route. And no That's matter a good what, idea. you know, instead of the regular season. But like you said, Sheila, really quick to touch on like the emotional aspect. I have this conversation because my dad's one of these people who are like, there's baseball and everything else fills in the gaps. And he doesn't even want to hear that you like any other sport. It's like baseball, baseball, baseball. I'm trying to explain him. Football is more popular. He just won't hear. It. He's like old school. Like, no, yeah. it it's like, so I, I grew up in a baseball family. My dad had one rule. Um, you like the Yankees, everyone, every other sport. It doesn't matter. So I became a cowboy, a penguin, a Kansas Jayhawk, all over the map, right? All over the map. Um, and and 
I agree. Football to me is like the most passionate I am. I get in it. I could watch 12 hours, but there's something about baseball moments that are way more emotional and like pull on the heartstrings. It's really weird, right? Like, yeah, it, like there's it's nothing. Suspense. Like- it's the suspense of baseball. It's a slow game. You're waiting oh. and building the whole time. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, that's, uh, that's a good, I don't know why that is. Maybe, um, I don't know. You know, you're right. I, I definitely agree. Like, I feel that way, but I can't really pinpoint the it's exact weird. reason. Maybe there's a number of them. Look, certainly, you know, the history of the game, I think, is is a factor Um, just because it's got, it, you know, tracing. And not that the other leagues haven't been around for, like, the NHL even, you know, original six teams. Like, I'm a big Ranger fan, you know, right. so you get not that their history of success is all that great. But um, I don't know. Just when you can trace things back to... A time and an era. Look, certainly before we were born, you know, before color television, before television broadcasts, you know, it's, I don't know, there's just something charming about it. At least that's how I feel. I'm sure other people just roll their eyes well, at it. Who cares? No, I but agree. I think you're right. I think baseball too. And Chris, you're a little younger, but like me and Seal are near the same age. And it's like, it's more tradition. And you probably feel that too, even though you're young. It's like my dad growing up always brought a radio like a handheld radio to the beach and listen to Yankee games. Yes. I own a handheld radio. And with yes. technology today, I don't need one. I can use my phone. But I still bring that little AM, FM radio whenever I go on vacation or to the beach and listen to the Yankee games like my father did. So I think yeah. it's just like passed down as Traditions. a sport. You know? Traditions, absolutely. I just yeah. feel like baseball also finds a way to reach people. You know, like football is like all hype, I feel like. Like it's all over the place. Anywhere you go, like you go to a restaurant – you're seeing the billboards or whatever's in the restaurant. There's like, they got the NFL Bud Light thing. It's all over the place. Baseball is more like, you know, you might stumble across it and then be like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then you get drawn to the game. It's like one of those, I feel like it's become a niche sport, even though it wasn't always, it was the pastime, obviously. But now it's more like a a sport where people kind of like, if they catch it, they, they fall in love with it. It's like golf almost in a way now to me. Yeah, I, I love it. Like I, I know some some people despise that. Oh, golf, watching golf is so boring. I love it. I, yeah, see, I can sit and watch it. I don't know. You know, baseball also, just because for the most part, it's an everyday sport. I mean, obviously, yeah. there's days off mixed in. But, it, you know, you take it with you pretty much anywhere. Like you made the point about the radio at the beach. Not that other sports aren't on the radio, but because of the nature of the game. And like you said, cause it's slow time in between pitches, those radio broadcasts really sort of become like an intimate conversation yeah. between the broadcasters and the audience, not only of painting the picture of the plays, but just the, the dialogue and the narrative that goes on between pitches and throughout the course of the game. So it's, I think it's unique in that way. No clock obviously is different than a lot of the other, you know, the other three major sports for sure. Even if you're a soccer fan, you've got the clock running there, you know, golf, not a clock, but you know, the finality of 18 holes, unless there's a playoff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's something I never stopped and thought about that much just because baseball has been with me since as long, far back as I can remember. Well, that's what this shows for to get into the depths of the core of the person and right. figure things out. Not really. <laughs> we're not therapists. I'm not one. I just make music and I enjoy doing a podcast. So before we go. start crying, here we go. Cause I don't need to look like a, you know, a softy here. Uh, 
let's get into the playoffs and the Yanks. So we'll get into the Mets after if you want to. But the Yanks, um, expectations, obviously, they're picked to finish fourth um, or third. Like, nobody thought they were going to win the division. Um, However, I don't want to say they overachieved because as a fan, I'm greedy and I expect this. I expect to make the playoffs every year. And I don't want to not make the playoffs because that's all I know right now. Um, So I personally think they're going to just once again run into Houston and lose. Um, I'd like to know your thought, where you think they'll go, and like what the biggest key is. Is it someone like Donaldson stepping up? Obviously, judge is judge. They can pitch around him. So, like, what are some of the keys to the Yankees' playoff runs, you think? Yeah, I'm with you right now. You know, my hopes are not extremely high. You know, f- a g- giving a realistic answer or path right now for how they're getting through Houston, I can't really offer that just because we've seen them fail against that team time and time again, both in the postseason and even in the regular season this year, other than those two walk-off wins that they had. Um, Keys, I have major concerns about the bullpen in a big spot. I think that's obvious because they don't really have a lot of guys in defined roles right now since Clay Holmes went south post-All-Star break. You know, Chapman is not a guy, even when he was at his peak, that you really felt you could rely on in the postseason in the closer spot. So, I mean, they have a lot of options and arms out there. It's just I feel like any of them in any given performance or outing or appearance could just blow up and not be effective. So that's been something that they've kind of been navigating and negotiating, and it hasn't really reared its head since they've turned things around here in September. Um, But you know that the style of game is most likely going to be different once they get to the postseason, especially if they end up getting to the ALCS and facing the Astros. Lineup-wise, look, I get they like, the way Josh Donaldson's played third base, but it just hasn't happened mm-hmm. offensively for him. He's given you little glimpses, you know, for three or four. Even he just came off, I think it was a five-game hitting streak, and he followed it up with a one for 16 with seven strikeouts. You know, like he just yeah. can't quite find uh, that stretch. So I don't really think that's going to change. The guy that they have to find a way to get going, in my opinion, is a guy that's actually hit really well for them in the postseason in recent years, and that's Stanton. And he has been an absolute zero since he came back from the IL. So I don't know if he's just not healthy enough to well, hit, return hit it right slam. now hit the slam yeah well that's you look he's <laughs> yeah. had a couple home runs but if you and he's been back for over a month now and i did the numbers the other day he's hitting about 148 and he's got four home runs and only one other extra base hit he's got like 40 strikeouts in it was like 90 or 95 at bats so yeah and then again that stuff's kind of s- slipping under the radar right now because they've been winning and because everyone's paying attention to judge. So that's a good thing right now that it's not a major focal point, but as they head into the postseason here, and like you said, if they're going to continue to, I don't want to say teams were re- have been really pitching around judge because yes, they've gotten have. to a lot of two strike. Yeah, but they've gotten to a lot of two strike counts. I mean, how many full counts has he had even in just the series in Toronto? He's drawn a lot of walks, but I think he's done a tremendous job of staying patient and not, you know, cause that's a guy well, he's, he's always passed his whole career. He, he draws Listen, he's drawn walks throughout his career, but he's also been a guy that has been willing to expand and chase at times, especially with two straight. He's a high strikeout guy. Now, sometimes you can get him out in the strike zone with a swing and miss, but as far as going outside, I mean, there were so many close pitches between home run 60 and home run 61 and two strike counts that I was just like, I couldn't believe he was laying off of them. So he's done a tremendous job of that. Obviously getting on base has helped them score some runs because more, not so, not so much Anthony Rizzo, but more Glaber Torres has been hot and he's produced, been producing behind him. But the idea that they don't really only have 
you know, maybe three guys that you're feeling comfortable with. And there's a lot of eh after that is concerning. I like what Oswaldo Cabrera has brought to the team. He's had some pockets of success, but I don't really know what to expect from him in a big spot in the playoffs. So there's just, there's question marks kind of up and down the lineup. Uh, Maybe that's not the worst thing because in years past when they've hit a million home runs and they've guys have had gaudy numbers all of a sudden in the postseason that goes away. So maybe the fact that the lineup is constructed a little differently than it has been in years past will work in their favor. Um, But when push comes to shove, I just have serious concerns about the bullpen. And then also from a starting rotation standpoint about Garrett Cole. You know, I got, I got to address the el- the elephant in the him, yeah. in the room. I mean, look, he takes the ball, he gives you innings, he strikes guys out. But as, and you saw it again um, in what day? What's today? Thursday? So it was Wednesday night. Not, not, to, not to date things, but yeah. I don't know when you guys are posting this. Um, yeah, another situation where he's cruising through, and then all of a sudden he has a blow up inning, and you right. know frustration sets in. And in the postseason, when the margin for error is so slim, I just worry about him having those blow up innings. Isn't it amazing how, as a Yankee fan, like you could attest to this? Um, the last homegrown pitcher has been like Pettit. Like we can't figure it out as fans, and like whereas the Mets have the pitchers but rarely yeah. get the position players right. and the Yankees get the position players and rarely get the pitchers it's it's very strange and frustrating i don't know it's it's kind of potluck there so yeah. so if if the Yankees are in a clutch situation bottom of the 8th and judge gets walked who, i mean not to say who's going to bat behind him but like who do you want in a clutch situation who do you trust the most in the playoffs out of this lineup is it Rizzo then yeah it is for me. And I know pe- people look at his batting average and it's not great, but in a big spot, he's come up with some huge hits throughout the course of the season, late in games, in pressure situations, veteran player. He's been there, lefty stick, um, you know, work usually works a good at bat. I mean, I get it at this stage of his career. You can get him a, a lot of these guys. You can you can get them out. You know, They're, they there's a lot of swing and miss in today's game. That's just the way it is. But um, okay. just the body of work from him um the lefty aspect the power aspect the experience aspect and the fact that again like we talked about with donaldson and stanton there's just not a lot to grab hold of there right now um labor is on a great tear i I listen hopefully it stays that way but he's such a streaky hitter that you know that could go away at any moment i have no idea what to expect from you know be nice if the postseason was starting tomorrow for them because he's so hot. I mean, look, I know it's good from a team standpoint. They can rest up a little bit and, you know, figure some things out with the bullpen, get their starters in order and get some rest for some of these position players, or even on the other side of that, get some at-bats for some guys coming back, whether it be LeMayhew, sounds like maybe Matt Carpenter next week might get in there. So it's interesting as you start to you know, look ahead at what the roster is going to look like. And, you know, we're, what, a week away or so. Well, for them, it's a little bit longer because they have the buy now. But there's some unanswered questions just because they've had so many guys out, some guys that have stepped in and played well, and now a few that are about to get healthy. And obviously, you can't carry everybody. So it's going to be interesting how they uh, how they line up this roster. How do you feel about uh, the Yankees getting rid of Andujar like this close to the postseason? I mean, they kept him around long enough. They didn't trade him. They didn't get anything for him. Yeah, don't I feel like us. I feel like his contribution to the team whenever he's gotten the chance i feel like he's made the most of it or at least given enough of a reason to where he could be in a legit conversation to stay on this team and be a contributor yeah i don't think that he does any worse than what aaron hicks does i don't think he i thought he was better than joey gallo when he was on the team 
yet obviously those guys play it's stubbornness so, by the gm though probably no, I, I know, yeah. like you have this young guy who's homegrown you've seen flashes in the past especially that that year where he really popped off i don't remember if it was either 2020 when he got he got stiffed for the rookie of the year pretty yeah. much Iotani. Yeah. so yes yeah. yeah. so you see this guy yeah. that brought up you see the flashes and then you sign an old head like josh donaldson who at this point in his career, I think we can all confirm that he's a pretty streaky hitter. He's okay at third, but nothing like too crazy where I think he should be able to block Anduhar from playing there. So I just, I had a problem with them getting rid of him personally. I just want to know what your opinion was. Yeah, I didn't love it. I think, you know, the reason they got rid of him was the roster crunch and the needing a spot on the 40 man. So yeah, you could make the case. They could have sent Hicks packing. Uh, I I think, like you said, part of it is a stubbornness from the front office standpoint. Um, They've never, for whatever reason, they've never really believed in Andujar. I think it was more an insurance policy that when they needed to call up somebody that they felt they could just, you know, slot into the lineup and he'd run into a couple of balls and get you a couple of hits. They could do that. I give him credit that he kind of, for the most part, took the right, approach the right attitude worked yeah, he hard to, yeah. he made himself into a serviceable left fielder but i'm sure the yankees internally had their doubts about you know using him on an extended run as a complete player it's not to say i necessarily agree with them and good for anduhar in his first three games with yeah. the pirates he's driven he's in a, up, at least yeah. a run in every game so i mean look i think that's a better situation for him just because he can get the consistent at bats you know it seemed like there was never going to be a consistent role for him here for whatever reason i just Um, feel like when he was going it was like him judge and sanchez were like the three young guys that were come up gonna come up be the leader of the team and they he just was the odd man out never got a shot yeah he also he had he had the injury he had the shoulder surgery and all of a sudden you know then Gio urshela came in and they liked the way he was playing so and i don't think they ever really believed in him as a major league third baseman so again credit to him for learning how to play the outfield and being able to do it well enough to be serviceable so i just think it was more a a numbers game and it's i'm not to say it's fair and 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 it's not the only time you see it happen where guys that have minor league options that take advantage of it and kind of just parachute them or shuttle them back and forth so it's tough and i feel bad for him but again him i think him getting a chance to go elsewhere even though it's Pittsburgh and it's not the Yankees yeah. is probably what's best for him as far yeah. as getting, getting a legitimate chance to play regularly. It's an audition, but uh still, I think we're online with the Yanks. Like I think us, me and you agree definitely. So if you, I know you got a show tonight. So if you want to go cross town to the Mets now, I know Chris might want to hear you talk about your opinion on the Mets. I personally sure. despise I'm, the team. I'm, I, would, I'm, I would root for the Red Sox over the Mets in the world series. I've been in lockstep saying that for the last 15 years. So I despise the Mets, but it is what it is. I'd still root. <laughs> for a guy to break Maris's record. So go on, man. Take it away. Yeah. Um, you know, just a couple nights ago after the Mets lost the first game to the Marlins, I was I was in it's funny you mentioned that you're not a therapist earlier. I was in therapist mode, <laughs> talking the Mets down off the ledge, come on to the couch, you know, we'll talk through it. And sure enough, things weren't looking so great on Wednesday night early on. And I'm thinking, oh boy, I'm gonna kind of have the egg on my face here. So uh it was it was great to see them come back. And then on the other side, you know, people were killing the Mets for losing to the one game to the Marlins while the Braves had a bad loss to the Nationals. So, you know, that's baseball, uh, not to borrow the John Sterling to Susan line, but uh, that's what it is. You know, the Mets have been 
so consistent this year, but there've been those head scratchers, you know, like getting swept at home against the Cubs earlier this month, um, playing down to the nationals, playing down to the Marlins, uh, on Tuesday night. That's the way it works. It was like, they came through the tough part of their schedule and everyone thought, okay, it's cruise control from here, but that's not baseball. You know, we see it all the time. Even the worst teams are going to win 60 odd games or so. Um, so as far as looking ahead, I don't think I'm breaking any news here. It all comes down to what the pitching staff's going to do. Of course, they're going to need to score some runs. Um, and and it's not it's not a lineup that really overwhelms you. But I think I feel it's like a it line- chops you down. Like yeah, they they grind at bats. They have guys that come through in in some big spots. I love that Eduardo Escobar is finally starting to show what the type of player he's been in his career. And I've kind of been on that all season where. You know, the question marks have been there. I'm like, you got to just stay with this guy. Buck Walter believes in him. He has faith in him. And since he's come back from being injured, you know, this month, Gary Cohen said it best last night with his call on TV on the walk-off. It's the month of Escobar, you know, like it has been. Really is. He has like 20 plus RBIs this month. He's hitting home runs again. You know, he's getting big hits like he did last night. I know he didn't on Tuesday night, but uh, last night driving in all five. So you combine that with the season Lindor's put together, obviously what Alonzo is. And, and look, I know he has, you saw it again Wednesday night. He gets a little too jacked up sometimes in those big moments, late and close, where you know maybe he's trying to do too much. But it's been a tremendous season from him. There's no yeah. doubt about it. And if they can find a way to get Sterling, Sterling Marte back, I know he hasn't been cleared yet, but he is such a big part of that lineup, what they do. From a pitching standpoint, I mean, they have it lined up even in this series against the Braves. They've got their big three going. I know everyone's not everyone, but a lot of people are concerned about DeGrom off his last couple starts. I'm not buying that yet. You know, even the start in Oakland to me is, if anything, it's a blip on the radar. Maybe I'll look like an idiot after he pitches against the Braves, but he's just, I'm, he's, I'm he's, one of those people he's, though. He's too good. His, he's got his stuff is too good. Look, I'm not saying he's going to give you eight innings in the postseason, but the idea that you know, teams are going to line up and just start knocking him all over the park. If he's healthy and he feels good, which I have no reason to believe right now, that's not the case. I, I just, I just don't see how it happens. My only concern with the Grom is I, I could care less about his last few starts. He's coming back. He's trying to figure out some new stuff, whatever it is. But my concern with him is that he's never really pitched in the big games. I know he had the 2015 run. No, you're right. Like that. But that's what, seven years ago now? And, you know, they haven't made the playoffs, really. They made it the next year in 2016. That was it. And he's never really had the opportunity to really show what he could do in a big game where it mattered because the Mets have pretty much been eliminated fairly early every year since then. So he's never really gotten the chance to prove, you know, that he could shove in a big time situation. I'd almost say, like, I'd rather have a guy like Amasiro Tanaka. I know he's a Yankee. He's not a Yankee anymore, but... In the playoffs, no, but in the playoffs, like he might have either let up seven runs in a regular season or thrown a gem. In the playoffs, he was a stud. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'd I'd almost rather have a guy like that than a guy like Degrom, who's this really big talent, best pitcher in the league. I don't think anyone can say otherwise right now. Right. But you don't know what he's going to be. He's like he's almost a wild card, even though we've seen we've seen him do great things. Never in the playoffs, though. Yeah. It hasn't, yeah. Like you said, he hasn't really been afforded the opportunity yet. Yeah, no. I, I know. just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't look at him, and he's not the kind of guy that I worry about as far yeah. as like his yeah, nerves like, go, like, or that he's going to wilt or anything like that. Now, look, maybe he will, because like you said, it hasn't happened. He's not the most demonstrative guy. He's sort of the opposite personality of Max Scherzer, obviously, even Chris Bassett. Um, but I just, 
I don't know, man. I he I I admit I've got a man crush. I love watching Degrom pitch. I have a man um, crush on him too. I love him, but okay, I, okay, I guys. So he worries. I know. <laughs> no, look, as a I can understand from a Met a Met hey. fan standpoint, you have every reason to have concerns just because you know right. the lack of availability the last couple of years. You know the injury stuff can pop up at any time. The, the like you said, he hasn't mm-hmm. hardly had the playoff experience. Uh, but, I mean, other than Scherzer. They don't really have any of that because, like you said, they haven't they haven't been have, there, and they've had some cookie. Cookie's been there a little bit. Yeah, but, but cookie, but cookie, look at you know. Do you really feel good about cookie after that dud he put out the other day? I'd, against I'd rather Mars, have yeah. him. I, I'd rather have him than I'd. I'd rather have uh, Walker. I don't. I don't yeah. trust Walker. At all. I, I, I like I, Carrasco I over Walker. I, I wouldn't yeah. worry about the Grom honestly because in 2015, remember where they went up against the Cubs and everyone's like, "Oh, those young kids, they're all kids." And Matt slid it like Matt shut it down. The Grom yeah. Harvey, no, you're fine. That pitching shit doesn't mean anything. This youth is blown out of proportion when it comes to the playoffs. I saw the Angels and John Lackey shut down the Yankees in 0-2. Like, you know what I mean? It's all (laughs) crap. Like, oh, these are young kids. So what? This is their job. Like, go pitch, you know? I'll I'll give you this example, not to cut you off. And it might be a bad, it's probably a bad example just because the stage is, the the level is different. And this, I don't even know how many years ago this was now, but I'll never forget watching DeGrom pitch in the all-star game. I don't remember what year it was. And he came into the game. And absolutely blew away the three the, the three guys he faced. I couldn't tell you the names, but it's the All Star game. They were all legit, and I mean, he just there was no hesitation. Give me the ball on the mound, and just absolutely, it was one of the most electric innings I've ever seen thrown in my life. Now I get it; it's the middle of the season. It's an All Star, an exhibition. But point being, you could see the um, like the adrenaline pumping through him on the ground on the mound, and it didn't overwhelm him. Yeah, if anything, it, it took him the other way. Now. I understand in the playoffs, you're relying on him for more than an inning. I mean, so you want to see some distance and some length and kind of like we were talking about with Garrett Cole, you know, he can be prone to looking like he's untouchable. And then all of a sudden it's that one inning where things go wrong, or it's the one pitch where he gives up the three run homer to the pirates a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, just from a stuff standpoint, if he's on, yeah, I don't know how. I mean, you he's do doing that. stuff. You don't Pedro hit him. You did. Don't hit him. Yeah, yeah, don't. he's doing shit. Pedro did back in like what ninety eight to two thousand one, and Pedro was striking out the steroid guys. Yeah, which was crazy. I got to do a shout out to uh, my friend Nino Bless for for that one. He, me, and him were arguing about Bob Gibson and Pedro, and he was like, "Yeah, but look at who Pedro was striking out." And I was like, "He has a point," and he's Pedro, actually got me there. Pedro, yeah. his height was yeah. unbelievable. Actually, I got mean. me there. So, all right, CeeLo, um, but like we could say, too, I know we could talk about Judge, we could talk about DeGrom. It always comes down to that random person, 98, Scott Brocious, uh, 2015, Daniel Murphy. You're going to have these random guys. It might be IKF for all the shit he's gotten. He might be uh, the one who bats 340 in the LCS. And well, he'll somehow, put the bat on the ball, know? so maybe. And you yeah. never know, you know? Didn't Bucky Dent win a, wor- uh, win a World Series MVP in, what, 78 or something? So you and, never hit the, f- and hit the big and home run. The- exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah. we could all predict, and it's like I said, the only thing you can predict is you can't predict sports. Yeah. So, uh, CeeLo, I know you've been gracious with your time. You got to go, but let's get some predictions from you just because it's fun to do. Yeah. Give us, give us your World Series prediction. I mean, I mean, let us have it here. Um, you think I would have given this some thought already? Well, I already told you I don't see the Yankees getting past the Astros. So I've got the Astros there. 
though I feel like they're starting to show some chinks in the armor a little bit here uh, the last couple of weeks. Alvarez is banged up. I know Verlander's back, but he missed some time. I don't know. I guess I I should hard. It's hard to keep getting there, too. People forget that. It is. You know, eventually you get picked off. It's tough to repeat and keep going. You know, that was key. 162 is a long season. And you're adding all the playoffs. And I'll say I'll say this. If if the 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 bracket kind of holds and the Rays find a way past the Blue Jays, I could see them giving Houston some trouble just because Tampa Bay's pitching when it, like when it's on and their guys are healthy and they just got glass now back the other night. So like if he's all of a sudden going to be part of the postseason rotation, and I don't know yet that they're going to go there because he's just back from Tommy John surgery, but that guy, when he's on is nasty. McClanahan's nasty. The way that they just use their bullpen, the Yankees have been stifled by them forever. So I could see them giving a team like the Astros trouble, but I'll still pick, I'll pick Houston out of the American league. In the National League, I've been on the Mets all season, man, so I'm not going to go away from it right now. Um, a lot has to go right, obviously. They've got to do a good job here in Atlanta. I mean, I can't can't stress enough the difference between, in their, in this case, winning the division versus the wild card because then you're looking at the Padres and the Dodgers versus right. you know the winner of the bye and the winner of probably the Cardinals and the Phillies, depending on how it all shakes out. Not that you know, the Cardinals are anything to, to, to kind of just dismiss because they, they can be a tricky out. Nice but I just like um I don't know everything about the Mets I feel like they're they're well constructed I love the manager uh, I love the pitching staff and like you said you know guys that step up in the postseason you know they don't necessarily have a lineup one through nine of 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 mashers or anything like that but I do think they have a couple of guys that can step up in big spots right. and we talked about Escobar already he could be that guy if he kind of continues this hot streak he's on you know not that he's an unknown or unnamed player but he's new to the he's new to New York and it took him so long this season to get going that you know with where he's at right now. I could see him having a big post. I'll, I'll say this. The thing about the Mets, they're very similar to the Giants in football. They don't make it a lot, but when they do, they're, they're scary. Like they make their runs when right. they get there. And it's like, even they, they don't, they're not overpowering. They're very like, they could be a boring team. Um, they could win one, nothing, two, nothing, but they, it seems to go their way, whether it was like 86 or like uh, 2000, like the matchups always go their way. And that's why I'm skeptical of just oh, writing them off. Even if they play the Dodgers, like, are you really that scared about if you have, scared the the Dodgers, Scherzer, like you have the one, two punch CeeLo, we went through it in a one. Like Schilling and Johnson, like the Yankees were the better team. I mean, they're facing Rod Barajas and Mark Grace and <laughs> Matt Williams, Reggie Sand. I could go on Tony Womack and yeah. they lose because they were overpowered by the two pitchers. So like you got a shot, man. Like that that's a that's a team that I I I don't want to see if I'm the Yankees. I'd rather lose in the LCS because I don't know if I'd be able to take losing. Oh, here we go. Don't 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 be that guy, man. <laughs> I, 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 I am that guy. Nah, see, I, that I've guy. had this argument I am a number that guy. of times now. I'm that guy. Since, I'm that I wanna guy. Say, I want to say maybe since June, and it's I'm not just guy. yeah. It's you. It's Evan. It's Evan Roberts. Yep. It's my buddy Tommy Lugauer at the yep. fan, and on both sides, Yankee or Met fans. Oh, I don't want to play. The I don't. Other, I can't I handle. It. I want it. There, of course you do. That is the attitude that nope. you should have. I, no, I, I want the see. I want the easiest path possible. Nah, I want nah. the team that I know the my team's going to beat the crap out yeah, of. That's who I want. But is, it doesn't work that way anyway. An easier target than the Dodgers. If it the doesn't Dodgers matter. Play? I'd rather lose to the Dodgers because I wouldn't have to hear the yeah, fans that, around. And here. that's the thing I have the problem with. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just me. But you're uh, just afraid of a little competition. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yes, 100%. exactly. If I can't I'm, stand I'm, that. Yeah, if the Cowboys are playing the Giants, I want like the worst quarterback in. Like I don't want their starter in. Like I no. want to win. Right. I don't want there. I don't want there to be any excuses <laughs> when my team <laughs> oh. wins. I don't want some of the other fan. Oh, so and so didn't play. Uh, this didn't happen. All that matters that. is that trophy at the end. But um, uh, that'd be interesting though. Like, like let's touch on that for like two seconds because I know you gotta go. Dusty Baker versus Buck Showalter. Boy, what other two managers deserve World Series rings yeah. as managers? Like, than th- them too. I mean, whether it's O two with you know the Scott Spezio and Dusty Baker, and then uh, the, like even uh, the Nationals all those years they were good, and the Reds even were decent, and then obviously Buck builds the the Yankees oh, and builds the Diamondbacks, yeah. and I mean these two that'd be. That's the only saving grace. I would actually like to see Buck win one. I would have no problem with that because I think he's very deserving. Um, yeah, it'd be a fun um, matchup. And, um, you know, I think from a pitching standpoint, both teams obviously offer a lot there. I mean, the Mets have, like we talked about, the one-two punch with the Astros. It's more Verlander and then just a lot of solid guys behind yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so I, it would be it would definitely be an interesting matchup. I think lineup-wise – the Astros probably offer a little bit more depth, but again, you know, we talk about these things. You just, you just ripped off those names from the Diamondbacks from Oh one. Offensively. Yeah. I mean, look, it was a number of things. Obviously <laughs> Schilling, Schilling and Johnson was huge. I cried. Yeah. No, I listen. I, I, I've had, um, we have a work chat. We have a group chat of some guys that have worked together over the years in radio. And we've kind of all ended up in our, various places but we've kept the chat together and the yankee fans in the group we've had this argument multiple yeah. times about which was the worst loss the 01 world series 01. or or the 04 alcs with boston and as bad as that was and as historic as that was mm-hmm. to me 01 was still worse just because of the 911 aspect yep. the way the yankees won the, their games at home yep. uh you know specifically the two walk-offs Four obviously and and then, you know, for them, for Pettit to be tipping pitches and get shelled in game six and they get blown out. And then really game seven, and I'll never forget this, when Alfonso Soriano wow. golfed that splitter basically off his shoe tops 15 rows deep. I'm like, this game's over. Didn't Mariano strike out the side in the eighth too? He might, I think he they, did. Yeah, yeah, they brought him in the eighth. And then you're like, what was weird is as Yankee fans, what people don't realize, you weren't used to losing. Like you had yeah. one three in a row. So like Mariano comes in. And I think Mark Game's Grace over. leads off with a base hit. It was a Mark yeah. Grace. And you're like, what's what's happening here? Right. Like, you're watching. Womack the has the ball down the line. Yeah. The bunt, the bunt was the bunt was and by the way, yeah. and I've said this and I don't know that it's factual. I mean, Jeter was clearly injured at that point. Yeah. And even on the on the on the blooper by Gonzalez that wins the game, I think and I know they had, you know, the, where they were positioned defensively and it wasn't like he was playing his traditional depth at shortstop but i think a healthy jeter actually might have had a chance to go back and make that play yeah maybe not, not. maybe that's crazy too, like, but he was just you could tell he could not move at that point yeah and jared and like oh one we forget as yankee fans what people don't realize who weren't around for that it was the end of the era like the new t- the new guys came in after that like you had the G- like tino was gone Brochus yeah. was gone you had robin ventura jason giambi the year after and it was just like you know a bunch of fill-ins it was a weird time that oh two to like 08 area like Jared yeah. Wright who was a starter still really good 
They were, but they the the uh, no, it wasn't the no, same. They, but... they were good, but it was a lot of like um, fill-ins. It was weird. It was what's weird. The word time. I'm looking for uh, like reinforcements from the outside. You yeah. know, like the yeah, the, yeah. the core guys, the magic. You know, like A Rod came in, Gary Sheffield came in. So like they were they were trying to pluck these guys from other spots. Randy Johnson came in, yeah. and it just you know listen well, it, wor- it worked in 03 over again right it worked in 03 to get through with you know the home run from boone but then after that once they lost that series to boston yeah. everything changed and um like i remember as a kid like when they were winning four to five my dad was like just enjoy this you'll never see it again and i'm sitting there like what do you like, mean yeah, like they're yeah, gonna win right. every time and like it <laughs> took me to like the older you get you realize how special it was because you will not see that again it, like even the giants even it was three and six years and then they fell off. Like it just doesn't happen like that. But, uh, Cilla, man, just a couple of things. Thanks for your time. I just got a couple of gun to your head. Cause we did that two years ago. I normally don't do it, but no, nothing crazy. Just three things. So, sure. all right. Would you rather, what was more special? The giants, uh, 2007, 2008, Super Bowl or the Yankees 96 world series for you. Uh, I'll go giants, uh, the Patriots aspect. And because You're old enough to drink too and party. I was I and yeah. I and I actually bet the Giants to I bet that I put a little wager in on the Giants to win the game by one to six or seven points. So I made some money off wow. of it. Nice. And also because of what followed with the Yankees, obviously. I mean, I can say that after the fact, you know. And I know, like I know, the Giants won in twenty eleven as well. But that that one because they were such an underdog to New England was awesome. Yeah, it made me miserable as a Cowboy fan. Yeah. All right, uh, next year, go to your head. Judge on the Yanks or not? Yes. <laughs> okay, Degrom on the Mets. Yes. IKF on the Yankees. No. Hicks on the Yankees. No, God, no. All right, you got to get rid of one movie, Little Giants or Little Big League. Oh, <laughs> wow. That is really hard, but I have such a soft spot for Little Big League that I'd have to say goodbye to Little Giants. Well, and don't and listen, I love Rick Moranis and Ed yeah. O'Neill, so and everyone else that's in the film, but Little Big League is one of my favorites. That is and that dude's been ducking me for 2 years. I've been in contact that's with That's right. Him. Yes. I know. I was supposed yes. to get um him on. I, I'm still I'm still trying. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, hey, whatever. All right, uh got to get rid of one, a league of their own or a rookie of the year. Oh, definitely Rookie of the Year. And that's All nothing right. against Rookie of the Year. League of Their Own is in my top 10 of movies, period. Not just sports right. films. Well, now you got these two to final it out. A League of Their Own or Little Big League? Little Big League's got to go. League of Their oh, Own. I, I know. Dude, I could watch Little League of Their Own every night and be happy for the rest it's of It's one life. of my most quoted movies. That clueless oh, Schindler's List. Real oh, weird. Cl- wow. That is yeah. a weird throw. I'll tell you what. Very I did see three. a I, you know, how, how When were you born? Where, where Are we that close? I'm going to blank this out, but 1986. Okay. Me as well. So we're basically yeah. the same age. Yeah. I, I did watch Clueless quite a bit growing up. I, I will admit to that. League of Their Own, I quote it all the time. Even just like there's so many aspects of that movie, but like John Lovett's basically 15 minutes yeah there are there are like four or five epic line he packs so much it rivals anthony hopkins 20 minutes in silence of the lambs if you ask me that's a good point (laughs) it definitely rivals that he should have an oscar for a league of their own yeah man thanks a lot uh chris you have anything last minute stuff Oh, it was just a pleasure, honestly, man. It was really nice talking to you. Good talking with you guys as well. Thanks for having I me. Catch CeeLo on obviously WFAN. Wherever. Wherever. <laughs> SMY, uh, you'll be on tonight, even though this won't be the same night when we post this. CeeLo, man, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate hey. it.